While many kids are making their holiday wish lists, the patients at Nationwide Children's Hospital are simply wishing they could be home. But you have the power to make their stay a little brighter. The moment you make a donation, the butterflies on the lawn at Nationwide Children's light up for our patients to see. And that gift brings joy, funds research, and the world's finest care. Please, light up the lawn, light up a life. Give now at nationwidechildrens.org slash give. What's it going to be today? Skyline three-way or cheese conies? Hmm, that's a tough one. I know. Give me a Skyline three-way and cheese conies. Problem solved. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. Welcome into another edition of the Going Deep Podcast. Today, we're going to have a special guest today to talk Lions, as well as maybe a little bit at the end, go through the Browns game at the end with Mike, myself. We're going to bring some really cool news and nuggets. Will we get into Odell Beckham Jr. again? Maybe, maybe not, but we'll be right back with you and for an action-packed episode. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep down field and it's inside the Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw, and it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone, and caught for a touchdown. Play action. Allen. Deep downfield, wide open. Well, it's great to be back. As always, Kevin Masseri here with Mike Bunt to break down the Browns game maybe a little bit at the end. We're focusing on to Thanksgiving and a great Thursday against the Lions. Going to have a special guest here momentarily. Tyler is going to come on over, uh, and he's going to really help us break this down. Uh, a little bit of Lions have been hot, Mike. Three straight wins. Uh, they've been beating some of those opponents they should be beating. And the talk in Detroit right now is a potential chance to, to sneak into that wild card. What are you thinking about that? I mean, I don't know if I'd predict that yet, but the Lions have been much better than uh, many people thought going into the season. They've now won uh, three in a row, uh, three, three in a row, pardon me. Their DVOA is 16th in the league. So this is a much better team than a lot of people uh, would would think originally just looking at their record. So uh, I'm interested to see if they give the Bills a battle on Thursday. Yeah, is there anything, before we get Tyler on here, was there anything that you liked, that you noticed about Detroit just in your limited time watching them? Was there, was there anything that you think presents a challenge for the Bills as we uh, as we get into this? We'll soon have Tyler. Uh, he's the host of the of the uh, Pride podcast on the Blue Wire Pods Network. Love that, love Blue Wire. Um, what, 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 what are you thinking about, like, what's top of mind for you when it comes to Detroit? So the Lions offense is actually – pretty solid overall, kind of like Cleveland where they're overperforming what you would expect. 10th in DVOA. Uh, Jared Goff, I would say doing better than what most expectations for him would be. And I was looking at the stats recently. I had no clue um, that uh, Jamal Williams had 12 rushing touchdowns already this season. So uh, excited to see what they bring to the table on, on Thanksgiving. 
And it's our pleasure to bring on Tyler. Uh, Tyler's, you know, obviously the host, as we mentioned earlier, of the Pride podcast. We're really excited to have Tyler make some time for us today, uh, kind of on a whim. Tyler, thank you so much for coming on. How are you today? Good, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. Thank you so much for making a few minutes. And me and Mike were just kind of opening the show, kind of talking a little bit about Detroit. Why don't you, what we like to do with our guests, why don't you tell us a little bit about the season? Three straight wins. Uh, you know, I think some of us or most of us have seen Hard Knocks or at least a portion of it. Uh, to kind of get an insight into, you know, how commercialized that is. But why don't you tell us what your opinions are? Do you like your head coach? Uh, Mike was just breaking down some of your, you know, uh, better offensive statistics. So why don't you recap the season for us so far? Yeah, I mean, it's been obviously a very fascinating season. Started the season one and six, and now we're sitting here on Thanksgiving, four and six, stringing together three straight victories. So I would say the feel right now for the team right now is a lot different than it was a month ago, at least from my perspective. And I think a lot of Lions fans would agree with me. You know, I, I think a month ago people were mightily disappointed and I was in that boat as well, where we just weren't seeing the results and expectations that we kind of had coming into the year. And, you know, I don't think Lions fans had expectations of winning a playoff game or winning a division or even reaching the playoffs for that, for that, you know, meaning whatever. Right. But, when you see your team at one and six, it's like, what are we really doing here? Are we really progressing as a team? And, uh, you know, th- when I was feeling when we were on that stretch of losing streak, it's like, man, I like, I just don't think things are going the right way. But I will say, pick up two straight road victories, uh, win two division games. That's big, man. You got yourself back in the picture, you got your fans excited for a Thanksgiving game and you know Lions fans haven't been excited for a Thanksgiving game like legitimately playing for something since 2017 so to play something for Thanksgiving to be in the graphic at this time of the year is really all I asked for was just to be in the freaking graphic at this year and that's where we are right now so I mean we'll take it yeah we got a comment on the screen uh i think they're referring to you uh the defense has been getting off the field getting those turnovers that's been the main difference these last few weeks is that would you say that that's a good summary of what's been going on absolutely and you know i don't know if it's a coincidence or not but the lions fired their defensive back coach aubrey pleasant and that was after the miami game and you know, the Lions have stringed together three straight victories since firing Aubrey Pleasant, and they have caused a lot more turnovers. Now, again, I don't know if that's a coincidence or is Aaron Glenn, our defensive coordinator, having to more play with the defensive backs, actually having an impact on why we're causing more turnovers? I don't really know, but I will say this in the last three games, you know, the defense has been a lot better. And I can really say that for after the bye week, though, the defense has adjusted and been a lot better. Now, have they had some hiccups versus Miami? Yeah, Miami was a pretty rough game, but they just didn't really match up well versus Miami. And then you saw Chicago. Uh, the first three quarters were really rough when watching that game. You look at the stat line, Justin Fields has a day versus us. But I will say, when it really mattered in the fourth quarter, lines were down 14 points. Defense got some big stops, even got a pick six, which we haven't had since 2018 really stepped up when it really mattered and delivered when we needed them. And we got the win at the end. Yeah. So you obviously four and six, you're looking right up at, I guess the the most realistic option for you as, as you're playing, looking at playoff football, Seattle, you did lose in a high scoring affair to them earlier this season. Is there some feel within, I mean, obviously I think that seven spot, I think there's a solid five in the NFC, depending on what you want to call about the giants. I don't think they're for real, but, 
they're winning. Um, they're there in the six. Do you think that there's expectations that realistically, I know you mentioned earlier that there's a chance to be playing for the graphic football. Do you think that there's a chance you could sneak and take that away from Seattle? Like what is your mindset of the fan base that look, the bills in 2017 were in this boat where they had this long drought, but Tyrod Taylor, Sean McDermott had just showed up to town. The next thing you know, they're playing, they're in the graphic, which we all wanted. The next thing you know, they play, they win against Miami in week 17 at the time. But Baltimore loses to Cincinnati. The Bills are in the playoffs. Um, is that the hope for, for Detroit? Or I, I guess tell me the mindset as you play into Thanksgiving. Yeah, hey, no, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to think that this team could make the playoffs after string to, stringing to along three straight victories. Now, if you told me this last week, absolutely not. I would give you a completely different answer. Okay. But, I mean, you look at the brand of football they've played the last three weeks. It's really changed my mind to a certain degree. Like, I, I'm intrigued now. I, I'm like, can we see more of this? Because you could look at that Packers game. You could look at that Bears game. And you're like, yeah, maybe this could be a little fluky, right? But then they go to New York to a team like you just mentioned that was playing some really good football. They were 7-2 and two at the time. They go on the road, and they dominated them You know, from start to finish in that game. looked like a really good football team. So it has you intrigued and saying, hey, could this be sustainable, and could you do this the rest of the way? And who knows? You know, And the NFC this year isn't all that great. You, know, you mentioned that there's probably going to be an open spot, maybe two open spots at the end of the year. And you look at the latter half of the Lions schedule once we approach December, you know, this game's obviously going to be very tough. The Bills are one of the more dominant teams in the league. But once you pass the Bills, you know, the schedule does lighten up a little bit and it looks like there could be some victories to be stolen. And you look at it like, hey, if the Lions could win five more games, let's say. I mean, obviously, that's like, let's see if they could do that first. But if they could win five more games, now you're talking about nine wins. And could nine and eight get you into the playoffs this year? I, I think it's very possible nine wins could get you into the playoffs. So I, I don't think it's as crazy as it sounds. So we'll see. Am I expecting it? No. But, hey, sure. let's see. Let's play. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, talk a little bit about Jared Goff. It, it seems like he's had uh, some nice progress this year in his second year as the Lions starter. Um, I was mentioning before you, you jumped on, Lions are 10th in – offense DVOA it it seems like they're moving the ball and that they they have some good weapons um this year is golf playing himself into a role where you think he could be the long-term future in Detroit or is that something still far yet to be seen uh with the way things are are going at this stage yeah I mean I don't think so I, I the the most realistic option I could see with golf and the Lions is that it's a very similar situation to maybe like a Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco where like he could stick around, but he can't make the salary that he is right now. Like I, I just don't see a shot where next year, depending on how the draft goes, depending on how for agency and the trades or whatever, who's available. Right. I just can't see myself or I can't see the lines at least paying Jared Goff $31 million next year. When you have an option to release him, save $20 million in dead cap and only take a $10 million dead, uh, dead cap hit. So I, I don't see a scenario where he is the quarterback under his current salary. Now let's say the lions don't have an option or don't think there's a realistic option where they could upgrade from Jared Goff, where maybe they're playing themselves out of getting a rookie quarterback like Bryce Young or CJ or whoever the hell they like. Right. Or, 
they're out of position where they can't sign a quarterback who's available or trade for a quarterback they like or whatever, right? Like the market just doesn't make sense. The only way I could see them bringing back Goff in 2023 was you have to come up to Jared Goff and say, hey, we need to do a pay cut here and um, we have to, you know, we're going to need like a massive pay cut. Like I, I, he can't make more than like 17, 18 million dollars a year. And like that's just the way I look at it. I think I feel like Goff could maybe understand that because it's like if he's not here in Detroit, how many other teams are really going to be taking a shot on Jared Goff to really be a starting quarterback? And then he probably falls into that Teddy Bridgewater situation where he's just going from team to team, being a bridge quarterback for a year or two. I think if Detroit could promise him, hey, you're going to take a pay cut, but you could be here for the next year or two, I think maybe he could be okay with that. Kind of like what Jimmy did. He took a pay cut from San Francisco just to say maybe I could get traded or, hey, I could stay here in San Francisco. It makes it more of a likable contract. So um, at the current contract, no. But if you know they can upgrade, I do think he will be the quarterback just at a cheaper cost. What Lions team are you expecting to see on Thanksgiving? Obviously, they've been very competitive against a lot of solid teams this year. Gave Philadelphia a game in the opener. Gave Minnesota, Seattle games. But then they also had the two against New England and Dallas uh, back-to-back contests where there were no-shows. Um, do you expect uh, this to be a, a contest late in the fourth quarter that the Lions have a chance to win? Or do you anticipate some struggles against um, a Bills team that has obviously gone through their fair share of struggles in the last month? Yeah, I'm not expecting uh, like i'm not necessarily expecting a win right now but i do think this team is going to compete on thursday i i think it's going to be a close competitive game i think i saw the spread early on it was like nine points nine and a half i think like if i were to bet on that game i probably take the lines honestly not saying that they win the game but i think they should be able to stay in that realm and cover i i just don't see them losing too badly in this game if they do lose um, you know, they're just playing some really good football. They're all playing high, but they are dealing with some injuries right now, especially on that offensive line. So it's going to be interesting to see how they come out on Thursday. Not necessarily the greatest matchup for the Lions, but I don't see them going down without without a fight. Yeah, and if you look at it, one thing I wanted to ask you about I had uh, in my in my post-show no- or pregame show notes was the injuries, and you just you know alluded to it. Looks like both guards are out. Jonah Jackson, yeah. Evan Brown has been playing some good football. Um, Bills fans are jealous if the Bills have one weakness overall. It's their interior line's been below average. Uh, obviously, they have some injuries on their DBs, and their DBs. McDermott's a really good defensive backs coach. They, they've figured it out for the most part, except for the last couple of weeks. They've struggled against Justin Jefferson, who doesn't but they did struggle against Cleveland's uh, weapons last week. But when we look at Detroit's injuries, I see a couple of guards that stuck out to me. I think that's a, that's a huge thing with how good the bills interior defensive line has been with Daquan Jones at Oliver. Uh, They've been really good uh, in that spot. Obviously they have Von Miller, Boogie Basham, a couple of defensive ends who won't be playing as well, but what are your thoughts on the guard injuries? And then I saw Kuda came up with a uh, concussion himself um, which I'd envision was the plan to cover Stefan Diggs with him. So what's, I guess, between that now and the guard injuries, I, I don't know how thin you are at those specific positions, but those were some of the strengths of your of, of what I noticed from Detroit. Absolutely, yeah. The guard position is going to be tough, especially without Jonah Jackson. We were kind of already expecting no Evan Brown because we he wasn't practicing on Monday, and he 
checked out of that last game versus the Giants. So we were expecting that, and I think that would have been okay if we were just missing one guy. We'd probably just plug and play Dan Skipper. He goes along with our our other offensive line. That's fine. But now you're talking about Jonah Jackson. You know, he's going to be ruled out this game with Evan Brown. So who's going to step up? Dan Skipper's definitely going to take one of those guard positions, I would definitely assume. But who's going to take the second spot? It's probably going to have to be Logan Stenberg from Kentucky. And, you know, Logan Stenberg was a guy that they came into the season starting, and it was pretty brutal, you know, to be frankly honest. Once he got the opportunity, he got benched, got another opportunity, didn't really, you know, do anything to earn it back, and then hasn't played. Uh, when's the last time Logan Stenberg really got an opportunity to snap? I can't even think on top of my head. Probably the New England game or the Seattle game, if I had to say. So it's been a while. So week four, week five. And now you're probably asking him to start this Thursday or a week you're not practicing that much versus a, a team that has a very good interior defensive line. So definitely not ideal. Um, but th- that's just the situation that is handed to us right now. So we'll see how that ends up playing because you mentioned that that was the strength of this team right now, especially offensively, because, you know, golf has been all right during this three game stretch, you know, it hasn't really done anything special. It's really been the running game and the offensive line creating these run holes and uh, these running lanes for the running backs and the pass protection that they've been giving golf time. So, you know, that's definitely going to take a hit this Thursday without Jonah and without Evan Brown. So, um, yeah. And then going on to the the defensive side of the ball with Jeff Akuda, definitely going to be a hit as well. Defensive backs, the corners I'd expect to start in this game. Will Harris will probably be the nickel corner who's been actually very solid the last couple weeks since getting more of an opportunity. And then our outside corners are going to be probably Mike Hughes, who has been better. And the other outside corner, I would assume, is going to be Jerry Jacobs, who is still a little rusty. You know, he was a guy, undrafted rookie from Arkansas last year, who really stepped up and played big last year for this football team. But then um f- suffered a torn acl last year came back for the dallas game after the bye week just hasn't really been the same has been getting more opportunity over the last two to three weeks but you know teams have been picking on him a little bit since him coming back so um n- no jeff and no jonah definitely a big loss for this thursday what type of style of game do you think detroit will need to play in order to uh pull off the upset a lot of teams this year, their strategy has been trying to milk the clock, have a solid run game, and try to keep the Bills' offense off the field. And when you're seeing the Bills lose, it's most of the time it's those type of contests where they, they lost a, a close one to Cleveland, a close one to the Jets. And uh, the Minnesota one was kind of uh, an odd one where the Bills blew a late, uh, a late lead. Do you think the Lions will try to – have that strategy or do you think they will air it out play for a shootout uh, I know against Cleveland last week everybody anticipated them to be all Chubb and Kareem Hunt and the Bills locked them down it, instead it was Jacoby Brissett throwing for over 300 and keeping them in the game uh, that way do you, what would how would you attack the Bills I guess uh, if you're the Lions. Yeah, I would say they're probably definitely going to try the first scenario. They're going to try to control the T.O.P. in this game for sure, especially lean on the running game. But how effective is that running game going to be without your two starting offensive guards and one of your best run blocking guards in Jonah Jackson? That's definitely going to take a hit to it. Now, Logan Stenberg hasn't been great in pass protection by any means this year. 
one of his strengths is in the run blocking department. Same with Dan Skipper. They're both not the greatest pass protection guard. So I feel like they're going to want to go to their strengths of that offensive line, even though they don't have their starters. So they're going to try to run the ball. But hey, um, you know, we got some receivers coming back this week too. DJ Chark was uh, activated off IR last week. It was very limited, but I think they were expecting him more to have a bigger load this Thursday. And that's why they activated him. So you have him, St. Brown, obviously, has been a full go the last month or so. And then it looks like Josh Reynolds, who's missed the last three consecutive games, um, who was a big part of this offense, could potentially be back this Thursday as well. He returned to practice today, so there looks like there is a shot that he could play Thursday. So the Lions would be getting all three of their starting receivers back for this game, which the first four weeks, you know, they were passing the ball really, really well when they had all those guys out there. So, um, you know, I think they'll mix it up, but definitely they're going to want to lead to the run, keep the Bills offense off the field for as long as they can. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, there's there's a lot. Like, I think that depending how safe they want to play, right, with Reynolds, because he just logged a limited practice today. So that, that'll be an interesting note um, to see. How full strength is Frank Rag now, too? One of my favorite centers in the league. Is Are you expecting him to, to be his normal self? He needs to play a huge role in this game with his guard play out. He can't, you know, he don't, he won't have his usuals to rely on. It does look like, to answer your question earlier, uh, uh, Stenberg was last playing a few snaps in week five, so I don't know if he got benched mid-game or got hurt. That's probably what it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he played week one, week two, like you mentioned, probably got benched at that point. Yeah, he um, got benched, lo- yeah. Logged a 0.7 pass blocking score. Now, I don't love PFF. They're not that, wrong. They're that 0.7? It was like, rough. Like that, you can't go back to him, right? Don't you try somebody else? They claimed a guy. I can't think of the guy at the top of my head. He's from the Eagles practice squad. He has a long name, like Coyote. It starts. It started as like a last start with the A. Hasn't really got much opportunities, but he's but but he's been with the team since like week two, I think. So maybe they go to him. I, I don't know. I don't really know much about him. So like that's just me throwing a dart. If you could give me the name right now, I, I can't remember. It's Coyote Owos. Yeah, Owoska, Coyote whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's gotten like probably two, three snaps this whole year. It was that Seattle game. Someone got hurt, so maybe they go to him. I wouldn't be completely shocked, but yeah, it's either Stenberg or him. I think that's the only cards I can really think of because Skipper's gonna be stepping in regardless. Um, maybe Matt Nelson, but he's been out for the last month or so too. So, and he's more of a tackle, but. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see who they go to at guard. I actually don't know who it's going to be. We'll know, honestly, Thursday, an hour before the game, once they start doing warm-ups. <laughs> you have Pierce Bacher on your uh, practice squad. Yeah, I don't um, expect him to get elevated. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you guys are pretty thin at the interior line spot. It is it is a position where if the Bills win there, that's where they dominate because, quite frankly, their edge their edge presence is pretty good. Um, the, now the Lions will catch a break without any AJ Epinesa and without um, without Gregory Russo. They're like third, second, and third, or second and fourth, depending how you want to rank them. Pass rushers. So really, you just are going to have obviously Von Miller, their number one, and then you're going to have Boogie Basham, who's played really well at times. Shaq Lawson, who's been good as a run, really good as a run stopper, which I'm assuming they'd want to go to in this game, anyways, uh, to make sure um, that they don't, you know, that's. So they're not weak there. They did a really good job on uh, Derrick Henry. They've done a really good job on Nick Chubb last week. They did a really great job on Delvin Cook, except one run. Um, so the Bills have been in really good positioning in their run defense. 
actually where they've been struggling just a little bit right now is their is their pass uh because i mean they're they're missing all pro micah Hyde. jordan poyer did come back last week which was a huge boost they're missing trey white who is finally gonna play but probably not uh in detroit on the turf um i wouldn't expect to see him until new england the following week so you're still looking at dane jackson but they will be getting back Kyrie elam a, a player that they like his physicality uh, he can play really good in zone. Um, so I think that you're going to see him right now because, quite frankly, Dane Jackson um, and Christian Benford have really good moments, but they struggled against Amari Cooper last week pretty pretty badly um, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. So I, I, I don't envision um, a scenario where they're going to be pretty happy about that. They're going to come after it, I think, in my opinion, um, to make sure that they protect their, their boundary corners at least for another week. So what's interesting to me is I think the strategy that Aaron Rodgers tried to employ this run, even when you're down, even if you're down seven, down 10, down 14, Aaron Rodgers was milking the clock in a situation to where he was hoping to do a long drive, score a touchdown, be down one possession, hope Josh Allen turns it over. Uh, Not the world's worst strategy, but you got to throw, you got to put up offensive numbers to beat the bills. It's kind of like a a Patrick Mahomes situation or what you see against Miami was able to do it uh, in in their limited time. And then you have Minnesota who was able to to throw a Hail Mary basically to do it. Um, So you have these scenarios, but all of those took really good offensive game plans, unless you'd like to mimic the jets game plan of running, 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 and hopefully get lucky. Um, So would you think that the Lions could come out? I know it's not ideal, but would you think they could come out and try to put up points? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think that's a problem. Like they don't have a problem scoring points or going into these shootout games. You saw it the first four weeks where they could like match offensive performances. It's just I feel like they have a tough time when they deal with injuries to the receiving core. And that's when Jared Goff is that's when he panicked a little bit, doesn't have really a receiver to rely on. And one of the kryptonite for the Lions offense has been man coverage. But that was a big case to not having those receivers on the field. Now you get a guy like DJ Chark who's going to stretch the field. You have Sam Brown. And if you get Josh Reynolds back this week, that's another guy who can beat man coverage to go along with those guys. So I don't think they have a problem passing the ball. Their bread and butter is running the ball. But with them missing those two guards this Thursday, you know, I think they will keep it like a mixed they're going to keep it a mixed bag. They're going to try to pass the ball. They're going to try running the ball. They're going to try to do everything this game. Maybe even a trick play. You might see a flea flicker. It's Thanksgiving. They like to have fun this game. <laughs> Usually see a, a crazy play from the Lions on, on Thanksgiving. So, um, But definitely running the ball is always is their bread and butter. That's how they want to win games. That's how they want to run their offense. Yeah, and I think what's interesting to me, we talked a little bit enough about the Bills defense, a little bit about Detroit's offense. Let's flip it for a second. Um, and, I, you know, you pull some DVOA metrics on the Detroit defense. They're not pretty. Um, past DVOA, 31st. Total Dave, which is their adjusted score, is 30th. Decent against a run at 15th. Uh, do you think that that's accurate? Adjusted past DVOA, 2008, so there's not really an adjustment there to be made. Variance, not a big variance, and their schedule's been pretty weak according to There's a reason Bowling Green State University is ranked number one in Ohio for student experience. Our in-demand degrees and life design program prepares students for their first career and their next. With an unparalleled support system at a national research university, BGSU offers an unrivaled experience, all on a vibrant campus in one of America's best college towns. It's also why Bowling Green State University is the number one school in the Midwest that students would choose again for the fourth year in a row. 
While many kids are making their holiday wish lists, the patients at Nationwide Children's Hospital are simply wishing they could be home. But you have the power to make their stay a little brighter. The moment you make a donation, the butterflies on the lawn at Nationwide Children's light up for our patients to see. And that gift brings joy, funds research, and the world's finest care. Please, light up the lawn, light up a life. Give now at nationwidechildrens.org slash give. Uh, football outsiders, at least. What 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 would you say? Would you say that that's accurate? Like what's what's challenging to me if I'm looking at this from a Detroit perspective is the Bills are going to be able to game plan this week. Last week was a complete disarray. They had to flip their game plan. They had to switch to go to Detroit um, to play against Cleveland. They didn't get any practice and half the team has a stomach bug and to be up like 15 to 20 points throughout most of the game was pretty impressive. They said they had to totally change their game plan. It was a weird game plan from start. They were running it in situations that didn't make any sense for this Bills offense. Uh, but then they did find their groove. I think they probably switched some stuff in the locker room and found their groove in the second half. But the Bills are a pass-first team. And looking at these DVOA metrics, probably have, especially with one of their better defensive players out, what do you think the counter is for Detroit? And do you think that those numbers were accurate or, or not? Like, what, what's your what's your thoughts? Yeah, so for the Lions defense, you really – I mean – one way to beat them is usually running the ball, but they did a very good job versus Saquon Barkley. They had a great game plan versus Barkley. They stopped him to only 1.5 uh, average uh, over 20 carries, something like that. And they, they did a very good job in the run department. So it's been a lot better since the bye week. One problem they do have, and it's a kryptonite, is mobile quarterbacks. And that's exactly what Josh Allen is, is a mobile quarterback. You know, he's not afraid to escape the pocket. And, that has been the biggest kryptonite for the Lions defense. We saw it week one with Jalen Hurts. We saw it even week four with not necessarily a mobile quarterback, but a guy who was not a statue in the pocket, Geno Smith. We saw it with Justin Fields in the first three quarters. They really struggled with him badly. And even last week versus the Giants, they struggled with, with Daniel Jones a little bit, but I just feel like they didn't do it enough. And that's why the defense looked a little better than, than you know, than it was. But it was they played really good defense, but they have a tough time with the mobile style quarterbacks, and especially the quarterback design plays. Like if the play is designed for a quarterback from to run, the defense gets confused and there's definitely opportunities for big plays on that aspect. So I'm not saying Josh Allen should go full on Justin Fields to have 12 carries and have those, all those design plays because he still has a great arm and he's still a great quarterback, but it's definitely given the Lions defense, some issues with the mobile style quarterbacks and, um, once that starts to open up, then they start panicking a little bit. Then the passing game um, it could, could get a little bad. And especially without your number one corner out there and you have a top five receiver, it could be tough to how they're going to stop Stephon Diggs. I, I would assume they're going to try to bracket him with the safety in a corner. Um, and you're going to probably have to do it that way. And then, yeah, and they, they struggle in zone this too. The Lions defense is very young or not very disciplined when it comes to zone. They're pretty solid in man coverage, but – um, when you don't have the greatest pass rush, man coverage is not always the greatest recipe of success. Yeah, my, my biggest concern with the with the Lions, if I if I was a Lions fan, is a, a lot of the times when the Bills lose, they beat themselves. It's their own errors getting in their own way. They they lost to Miami in a game where Josh Allen had a fumble inside the Bills' own twenty, led to a touchdown. They failed to convert on a fourth and goal. They even had a shot last drive of the game, had a penalty take back 
uh, a nice gain. Eventually, last play of the game, they couldn't get a spike off. Didn't get a chance to kick a field goal. They play against the Jets. Josh Allen throws a red zone interception. And just not seeing the field good. But still in the end, they had a chance to tie or win the game. Minnesota, same thing. They Even with the 17-point lead, the Bills had multiple opportunities late to win it. They had a QB sneak, <laughs> results in a Minnesota touchdown on the fumble. They had a, a chance for a four-minute drive. Uh, they had the ball with the lead, four minutes left. Can't get a first down, something rare for uh, for this Bills offense. They they score more than they punt. Uh, they, one, they, they almost never punt. Uh, and even in that game, late, they have a chance driving down the field. Josh gets impatient, throws an interception in the red zone. Do the Lions have the playmakers on defense, whether that is the ability to, to get a pass rush or the DBs uh, willing to take a chance to make that critical um, play, whether it be a, a sack on third and long or a forced fumble or an interception to really uh, give them a chance in this game? Because I I don't really worry when, when we look at these matchups that where is their DVOA defense at? The, the teams that the Bills have lost to, it, it wasn't really they have a great defense. It's they made a play. Are the Lions capable of making a play to beat the Bills? They have two guys that could do that, and they're two rookies, especially one is out of late, Kirby Joseph, our safety. You know, he's been that type of guy where he's just making plays, it seems like, every single week. Versus the Packers, has two interceptions. Versus the Giants, gets targeted only one time, makes an interception, and that opportunity gets targeted. So he's a guy who's definitely a playmaker, and there was a stretch of games after the bye week when he got more opportunity. It was the Dallas game, the Miami game, and the Green Bay game. Three consecutive games where he caused turnovers, with that being either uh, causing a fumble or getting an interception. So he's been a guy that has been a playmaker for this team. He's the biggest playmaker in the defensive back room. And then as far as our defensive line, Aiden Hutchinson's definitely that guy who could make plays and causing turnovers. He can get to the quarterback, getting a sack, maybe forcing a fumble. But something that has been very surprising with Aiden Hutchinson with a lot of Lions fans is – his coverage has been a lot better than expected, which is kind of crazy to say because that's not what you expected when you got the guy. But versus Chicago late in that game, Aiden Hutchinson drops back at the coverage, is on Cole Komet, uh, forces Justin Fields to throw the ball. Jeff Okuda makes a play, pick six. And then last week, in Daniel Jones throws an interception to Aiden Hutchinson. First Green Bay, David Batiari is an eligible receiver. Aiden Hutchinson reads that play right away. That's a trick play causes an interception as well. So we have two guys in that defensive room that have been causing turnovers, and it's really came as of late. Like I said, if you asked me this question a month ago, I would say no. We don't really have a guy. But since the bye week, since Aaron Glenn has taken over this defense a little bit more with the defensive backs, they have been causing turnovers. Even last game, I, I forgot to even mention this, Will Harris, a guy that's been an afterthought, has been just kind of revitalizing his career in that nickel cornerback spot. Even himself, you know, he forced a forced fumble last game versus the Giants. So I think they do have that ability to force a turnover and, and kind of surprise you a little bit this game. 
it seems like it. And a guy that I think have, has been getting some snaps, didn't play a lot in the last couple of weeks, but did play uh, last week, Amani Awarie. PFF hates him. Um, is there a reason why it looks like the, the, the Lions still give him a fair amount of snaps as a boundary corner, it seems like. So it looks like he was the step in uh, after the concussion. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, we needed someone to step in. And Amani was the guy coming into the year we expected to be starting corner obviously he was really good for this football team last year and you know he's on a contract year and that was the big controversy with Lions fans like oh are you going to pay him on are you going to let him walk or what are you going to do with him and right now the Lions have sat on that decision obviously and he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year and I probably wouldn't expect to bring him back after the year he's had and with him getting benched and everything now I know Amani has that in his game that he could be an effective corner he's a guy who could cause turnovers he could do that but he just hasn't been that guy this year. I don't know if that's something in his head or if that's just the defensive scheme and the defensive system that he just wasn't, you know, adjusted to. Because, I mean, a lot of guys in the first five weeks, first six games defensively, you know, they weren't playing good football. And since the bye week, since they fired, fired Aubrey Pleasant, the defense has been playing better. So it's going to be interesting. You know, this is going to be the first time we're going to really see Amani get an opportunity here with this new look Aaron Glenn defense. So, I mean, we'll see. Again, I know he has it in him. I know he could be a playmaker. We just haven't seen him out of this year. But uh, so, you know, coming into the game, obviously you're a little concerned with him probably going to be there. And I'm not even 100% sure he's going to be the starter. It could either be him or it could be Jerry Jacobs, which, like I said earlier, Jerry Jacobs has been a little rusty so far. So, Maybe you see a little even count between both of them. They could rotate both from uh, between drives or whatever. Yeah, makes sense. And if you look at some of the numbers where you definitely have some playmakers, like you mentioned, I think it was you. I I, I was reading some stuff about Kirby Joseph and, and, and the secondary. But as you look at the front seven, obviously we talked a good amount about Agent Hutchin, uh, Aiden Hutchinson already. I've seen some advanced statistics that really like McNeil as well uh, really from the good. defensive in- defensive interior. I, I saw his 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 numbers at advanced analytics are are popping. Um, so that's someone the Bills will keep an eye on. But outside of that, it looks like a lot of front seven has been disappointing. Would you say that that's true um, for the most part? Obviously, I I bonded to Malcolm Rodriguez's story. He was like, I thought the Bills would be interested in in the draft. They needed some depth. They went with Terrell. Uh, they went with a different way uh, with Bernard. And then later on, they went with Balen Spector from Clemson, uh, obviously taking two other linebackers. Uh, I thought Malcolm Rodriguez would have been in the conversation there to be one of those guys behind Matt Milano or, or Tremaine Edmonds. Your front, the front seven now has had some struggles. Um, is that is that accurate? I mean, I, I think I, I watch a little bit of John Kamensky film. I liked what he had to do when he filled in. Um, obviously, you're facing some injuries there still as well. Another position uh, looks like I don't know if Pascal's going to play. Uh, Charles Harris doesn't look like he's going to play. It gets thin there quick, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And they're they're not one of the better defensive units where they're going to get to the quarterback instantly or fast. It's more of a a team where you know it's going to take a minute for us to get to the quarterback, and that you know that, that's still a work in progress. It's gotten better since we've gotten Hutchinson for sure, um, but. Yeah, no, it's definitely still a work in progress, something that they're going to address this offseason, I feel like, uh, is address that defensive line, get some more guys in here. But McNeil, you know, he's had he had one of his best – not one of his, but it was his best game versus the Giants where McNeil's been one of those guys that's just been really just a run stuffer and a, just a nose tackle. I, I like to call him, 
he's not there yet, but like a Snacks Harrison, if you guys remember him from the Giants, like mm-hmm. he's never going to be a guy that's going to show up in the stat sheet. He's a guy that's just going to really stuff the run, but he kind of went out of character versus the Giants. And first he did his thing with stuffing the run. He did a really good job, but he was getting to the quarterback, got his first sack of the season. I believe had 10 pressures, nine or 10 pressures in that game. He was phenomenal. So it's like, if he can carry that over into this game, Hey, you know, yeah. that that's another guy we're talking about. But, like, I'm not going to confidently say that because we haven't seen that enough. It has been a very small sample size. So um, the only guy really confident at getting the quarterback is Aiden Hutchinson. Kaminsky, like you mentioned, has had his flashes, was really good the first three weeks. But then, you know, he, um, he I think he broke his wrist, missed a couple games, came back, was a little rusty those first couple games, was in some limited snaps. It's been better, I would say, the last two weeks. So I, I think he's kind of getting back his groove, but just hasn't been the same guy the first two weeks as he was the first two weeks since he's put the cast on since the wrist injury. So now it's definitely thin. Pascal's a guy they leaned on a lot after the bye week when they got him back. And um, you know, Charles Harris, he, he's always been one of those guys where he's very up and down. Like he could have a three sack game or he could be invisible and have zero pressures in one game. That's just mm-hmm. been Charles Harris since the experiment, since we brought him here in Detroit. Could be very explosive, but could also have some games where he's really masked out and you don't even know he's on the field almost sometimes. Need quality and accessible health care at a minimal cost? Get Antidote Health. We offer individual and family plans with zero co-pays for online doctor visits 24-7, pediatric visits, mental health care, and more. Some plans even have a cashback benefit, and you'll get access to top-tier providers like Cleveland Clinic. Open enrollment has started, so sign up today at antidotehealth.com slash start. Dollar copays and cashback not available on all services or prescription drugs. Consult your plan for more information. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Yeah, it seems like it. And the uh, Lions certainly have some ties with the Bills. We appreciate the hosting uh, this past weekend. Their social media teams didn't seem to have a little bit of fun, as some of our uh, oh, yeah. our, our viewers are saying. Ralph Wilson, obviously very close ties with Detroit. And Detroit preseason every year, uh, fourth preseason game for majority in uh of the Bills history of that game. Obviously the fourth preseason game is now gone, um, but that was definitely uh, a game that you could definitely count on every year. So there's definitely some ties um, there between the teams and we, uh, you know, always have a tie, you know, we played Cleveland last week. So they're kind of our other team that very, very similar, you know, location, weather, history, all that kind of ties in as well. We kind of save, you know, voted for them not to move. So there is, there's definitely some ties there. Um, you know, between some of these great likes, great likes rosters, and there's nothing more we'd like than you guys to supplant the the Packers, which seems like their downfalls happen, but the Vikings just happen to be there to uh to do their thing. Um, and they're very cocky. It's a very cocky fan base now uh, up there. I mean, obviously, Green Bay's always had their kind of like confidence and their ability to be above it. And then you have Minnesota, who they liked a lot of snow that they got Justin Jefferson with our pick for Stephon Diggs. Um, Win-win trade as it gets. Uh, Stephon Diggs has been excellent. He's been an absolute beast. Uh, He's been the reason Josh Allen has helped take that next step to MVP levels. Um, So definitely a win-win trade there, but they like to think that they won that trade somehow, uh, even though that we're we're, we're pretty content with uh, where the Bills ended up with that deal. And they they still had to make the right pick, man. At the end of the day, 
The Vikings still could have gotten that pick wrong. They liked Rieger. There was a lot of talk there about other scenarios. So, um, you know, does take it in the right draft pick. But Tyler, we really appreciate you making some time coming on here. Why don't you tell us about your pod, where we can find you going through this week and beyond, uh, you know, give us a plug on everything you're working on. Yeah. So you guys could find us on any podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys find your podcast, you could find us at the pride podcast. Also something that we do is on game days. This is going to be a Thursday, obviously experiment because with Thanksgiving, but usually on Sundays an hour before the game and right after the game, we go on Twitter spaces and do a live reaction uh, mm-hmm. before the game. We'll talk about all the inactives. So we'll know all that injury report stuff. And then after the game, that's just raw emotion. So what we're thinking instantly <laughs> right after the game, so they can awesome. be very emotional. And then we do our final post game thoughts on Monday and then we upload them the day after. So you guys could find that at the pride podcast. We actually upload those Twitter spaces to our feed as well. So if you guys can't make it live, we do upload them as well. And if you guys want to catch me on Twitter, tweeting usually about the Detroit lines, you get some other Detroit sports in there. Sometimes talk about the wings, Pistons, Tigers, you get those random Detroit sports suites randomly. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at Tyler underscore S-A-W-A. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on here. Um, you know, we've been we've been experimenting with space as well here at the Cover One Podcast Network. We've been doing it and uh, we were into it too. We think it's fun. I wish it had a better reach, but it's a really cool, um, really cool thing to do. And Mike's going to, I'm going to be remiss. Mike's going to be mad at me if I don't ask you a score prediction before you get out of here. What, what are you thinking on Thanksgiving? Is there some magic in Detroit? I don't have their... Generally, I have these kind of things from our producer, but I don't have the the Detroit records um, or how good they are on Thanksgiving. Any any off. anything to anything to note? Yeah, they haven't won a Thanksgiving since game since 2016. Okay, so it's it's been a while. Um, last time they won was versus the Minnesota Vikings. So you guys were talking some shade about the Vikings. We beat the Vikings in 2016. Nice. Darius Slay good. interception. Good. Um, so. Like I said, this is the first Thanksgiving game in a while where I felt something like meaningful here because a lot of it, it's like your season's over by this game. Like there's not really much to play for. Last time was 2017 and that was a heartbreaker to the Vikings, surprisingly, which is hmm. just, it's all coming full circle, huh? Uh, um, I guess so. Yeah. Um, score prediction. Lions are playing good football. Love to take them here. But I have picked against the Lions the last three weeks. And it's worked for them in winning games. So I'm going to do it again this week. I'm going to pick against them. Hopefully the good juju goes to them winning again. Um, So I'm going to take the Bills to win this game. I'll go. Let's go high scoring. Let's go 32. 32-25 Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's not unrealistic. There's many ways that that something like that could play out. And to, to your point, just so you know, for your show, Josh Allen rushes at least seven to eight to nine times a game. Great. Um, it, especially if he sees an advantage in that factor, he probably didn't have it in his game plan last week in the snow. Uh, obviously that, that, that transition to Detroit, but eight, nine, 10 times a game averages at least 50 to 70 yards per game and at least a half of a touchdown uh, averages per game. So if they see an advantage there, you can guarantee that uh, that Josh Allen will add that. Now he's without a brace and he's sleeveless. Um, I think it's full systems go for Josh Allen. He's got to put on national. Josh Allen's a great quarterback on national TV. Absolutely phenomenal on Thanksgiving. Um, so it's going to be, it's the best of Josh Allen as compared to the one o'clock slot on a Sunday against the Jets. That's not usually where you get the biggest and best motivated Josh. You got to be a little bit better in those situations. Um, but prime time Thanksgiving 
big time game for him needs to be a little bit better than he was for a little stretch there that kind of ruined his MVP run. Um, so I think you'll see the best of Josh Allen. So I'm excited to see what Detroit's able to counter with um, as Cleveland had a decent game plan. And I don't think it takes much for Detroit to kind of match uh, what Cleveland was able to do at stretches of that game. So Tyler, we really appreciate you coming on, uh, sharing your knowledge. Thank you so much. Will anyone please go file, uh, follow Tyler on his podcast. They do great work over there. Tyler, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me guys. Anytime. Thank you so much. Anyways, Mike, um, lots of action pack there from Tyler. Woo. Uh, what a good Detroit guest there. What are, what are your immediate takeaways from that? My immediate takeaways are basically the same as before. I okay. love the He was pretty positive. My pretty confidence positive. level has not wavered one bit. Um, yeah. To me, the Bills lose when they beat themselves. Sure, the Lions have a few guys on defense that I, I respect, but it's one of those contests where it just protects the ball. If the Bills' weapons hold on to the ball, I don't see how the Lions are going to score enough points to to take yeah. down this Bills team. They're a much improved Lions squad. I do respect them. I do um, have hope for their future. But you look at a lot of their shootouts this year, and those were games that they fell behind early, and they had to start lighting up the scoreboard to come back. In each of those games, they didn't have the defense – to stop the opposing team's offense when they got it to a narrow margin. Uh, you think about the Seattle game. You think about Miami. Tua destroyed this Lions defense about a month ago. Um, the Patriots shut this Lions team down 29-0. Dallas, I believe, is 24-6. So, yes, probably a closer game than what we would have thought heading into the season. But when I look at the Lions, I, I think of this as a team similar to the Browns, uh, uh, better than what you expect on offense, but a defense that you should be able to shred. So yeah, maybe the Detroit can limit Josh Allen for a quarter, quarter and a half. I don't see how they can do it for 60 minutes. Yeah, and I think what's Mike, what's interesting to me is that their first and only read on offense is, is Amon Ross St. Brown. Then they, you know, they'll run a little bit in the red zone with Jamal Williams uh, to get it done. I think the Bills will be ready for a bigger back. It's not something they usually struggle with. I hope they try to run the ball. Honestly, they, I think the Bills defense can stop the run. It, it's it's amazing because the narrative after Green Bay and the Jets was that the Bills can't stop the run. The Bills can stop. The they don't run. Uh, I, I wouldn't say they're great at it. PFF thinks the Bills can't stop the run if their life depended on it. I think the PFF grades are honestly kind of trash. You you look at PFF, they have the Bills uh, defense. I just want to get to this quick. As the 15th overall defense in the NFL, and they have them graded as the 26th uh, run defense. Those are just – honestly, I – they're almost no, it's just, it's just not accurate. It's DVOA just not accurate. has the Bills as the third uh, best uh, defense, the seventh best pass defense, and the fourth best run defense. So, who, what am I going to trust? Am I going to trust a PFF grade by some random intern overseas, or am I going to trust a DVOA, which is a more advanced look into uh, football stats and 
in numbers. I'm going to trust DVOA. And my eye test has shown, has told me so far this season that the Bills shut down Derrick Henry pretty good. The Bills shut down Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt pretty good. Sure, they struggled against the Jets and they had their struggles against Green Bay, a Green Bay team that they probably felt was going to start throwing the ball a little bit after being down double digits. But uh, yeah, I um, I, I I hope the the Lions try to run it because last week Cleveland couldn't, and that's why they went to the air. I I, I just think this is even an even better matchup for the Bills than what Cleveland was, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Jacoby Brissett like bounced in himself into a 28 for 41, 324 and three touchdowns there, 116 quarterback rating just because the Bills, similarly to the Green Bay game, but reverse, the Bills were like, we're going to stop the run. You're not going to run it on us. They kind of said the same thing to Rodgers. You're not going to throw it on us. Go ahead. I don't, I don't think you're going to beat us running the ball. And isn't that an underrated part about, about the Bills? All season we're talking about nickel, nickel, nickel. All they care about is stopping the pass. And then they go up against the Browns and they showed they, and, and they can stop the run. I think it, that's the thing. It's a week-to-week league. You you prepare for each opponent differently, and it's all about mentality going in. The Bills go into that Browns game, first of all, thinking the game's going to be in Buffalo. Second of all, they start the game planning that week with the mentality, we're going to have to run the ball efficiently because it's going to be difficult to throw against the Browns. We don't know what's, uh, if Josh is fully healthy with his elbow. And we don't know if the conditions are going to be good enough to air it out. And they, they the mentality defensively is we're going to have to stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Well, that probably explains why Jacoby Brissett had a decent game against the Bills secondary because that wasn't the main focus. And all year we're talking about how the Bills can't run the ball, can't run the ball, can't run the ball. And suddenly Singletary and Cook both run for 86 yards each and they combine for 172 yards on the ground. The Bills can run the ball. They need to have the mentality going into a game that they're going to they're gonna get that push, that they're going to find those holes. When you're throwing the ball 65% of the time, you don't have that mindset. And it's hard to snap right into that mindset on a crucial third and two when 70% of the time you're passing it. So um, I, I do think the Bills are going to be ready for what, whatever the lines throw at them. But – I like I said, I encourage them to run the ball and see see how long that uh, that works. Yeah, I, look, they're worse than the, the Browns in my opinion. The Browns have some game changers. Cooper's better than uh, most things that the Lions have. I think Chubb's better than Williams. Um, Brissett and Goff are probably close. Goff's probably got a little bit of an edge. Uh, in that, I mean, I think Njoku's better than uh, no tight end that they have there currently. So I definitely think the edge is on the Cleveland offense. They always have a historically good offensive line. That's kind of how they're built. The Lions offensive line's pretty good themselves, missing two guards. I can't see a team missing two guards. The Bills have some familiarity now in Detroit on that turf, on that field. Uh, it's yes, it'll be a road game, but I think the Bills are fairly comfortable in this road setting uh, for them to to be able to get it done. I don't see a path to victory, Mike. You've alluded to it a couple of times that they got to be careful. Though. Every time it seems like we say that, that's when the Bills come out and have one of these "what is I going on" experiences. I, so- I don't see it on prime time, though. I think you get that game, and why I hate it is a six and two Bills team against the Sleepy Jets. Um, it's they- a game where they anticipate that they should handle an opponent, and it's almost like. 
oh, this is a tight game right now. It, a game not that they would ever overlook an opponent. But they play, but... they played horrible against Cleveland most of the game, except a small stretch. They played pretty good. They played pretty good in the second half in general, which was a flip from most weeks lately. They were pretty bad, and they still were up a lot. They've and had a chance really... to win every game with the yeah. final drive. They have had the ball on the final drive with a chance to win or tie every game uh, this season. Uh, so th- that's the thing that's crazy. E- even last week when it seemed like it was doom and gloom, the Bills could be 10-0 and right now. Sure. They really could. And there's, their strength of schedule has been very difficult. And Buckeye Health Plan Medicaid is built around you, offering medical, dental, and vision benefits with no copay. Members get free rides to healthcare visits, pharmacies, and social services. Buckeye rewards you for making healthy choices. You can earn $75 in rewards for well checks. Pregnant moms can earn up to $350 in rewards for taking steps to have a healthy baby. Visit ChooseBuckeye.com for Medicaid built around you. Reimagine this holiday season with more capability and more adventure in Kia's EverReady lineup. This winter, gift yourself what you really want during Kia's Season of Giving Back sales event. Kia is offering great deals on the capable Sorento and the spacious Sportage, and deals on even more vehicles like the all-electric EV6 and the fun-to-drive Forte. So visit your local Kia dealer and explore all your newfound possibilities by enjoying Kia's Season of Giving Back. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Event ends one two twenty four. And And that's the thing. As tough as things have looked like for the Bills, it's still all sitting in front of them. If Kansas City would have lost to the Chargers on Sunday night, the Bills would have controlled their destiny for the one seed in the AFC and home field advantage had they won out. Now, one thing I do want to point out, the Super Bowl odds have gone down uh, a little bit uh, for the Bills, but that, as much as that is the Bills dropping, that is also Kansas City outperforming preseason expectations in a much weaker than anticipated uh, AFC West. Um, I know one odds uh, had Bills plus 400 for the Super Bowl, had Kansas City uh, plus 470. So that gap is definitely narrowed. But if you look at the DVOA Super Bowl odds, the Eagles are now the favorites at 20.4%. The Chiefs at 14.7% are second, followed by the Bills at 14.6%. So over the last few weeks, obviously there has been a little bit of negativity, a little bit, some people claiming that maybe we've been a little too critical uh, of the Bills uh, after losing two games, but some of the numbers show it, some of the numbers show that there has been a slight drop in perception uh, over the past month. But the Bills still have everything right in front of them. Yeah, four out of six division games to end the year. The Bills need to go into this eight and three, probably tie with Miami at eight and three with a cupcake against Houston. As we talked about here on this show, I said the Dolphins were going to be eight and three many, many, many weeks ago now because of the run of, let's read it off to you, the Steelers, Lions, Bears, Browns, Texans. It was easy to know. predict. It was easy to predict, especially with the way Tua's been playing. Remember offseason, what I was saying about Tua? Early in the year, what I was saying about Tua? A lot of people laughed. Two is going to throw for 4,000 yards and 35 touchdowns. Yeah. Like maybe 30 to 35 touchdowns. He's an MVP candidate right now, uh, and deservedly so. And you can say it's because of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and that those are more of the reason for his success than Tua himself. And you'd probably be right. But 
The Dolphins are nothing to laugh about right now. And that game in Buffalo, which is probably going to be a Saturday night game, is probably going to go a long way in deciding uh, who wins the AFC East. I still give the Bills the, the huge advantage because Miami's going to have to play the Chargers, 49ers, Bills, and all that. Uh, those close games where they're winning shootouts is going to start getting limited a bit. But credit to them, 8-3 and three through 11 is quite – the performance, especially after how they ended last year, uh, you you combine their run at the end of last year with their start to this year, they've they might have the best or second best record in the NFL over that period of time. An absolutely insane end of the schedule for them in terms of getting um, some some good benefit at uh, their home against the Texans at San Fran at L.A. Not going to have any weather at Buffalo. We'll probably see some weather against home against Green Bay. So they get to avoid the weather home against the Jets. They get to avoid the weather at New England. We'll have to see some weather. But like they only really have to wor- really worry about two winter games there with, in, in Boston and in Buffalo. Other than that, they have a really lucky uh, end of the finish. They started three and three against a pretty hard schedule. Uh, Bills, Ravens, Patriots, Bengals, Jets, Vikings. Uh, pretty tough schedule, especially with the Jets being decent, at least uh, going three and three. And that was what they about needed to do. And they did it. You know what? The Bills uh, they- got lucky. The Bills got lucky that Tua missed the games that he missed. In hindsight, the, the three losses Miami has this year is the Cincinnati game where Tua got hurt early in that contest. Then you have. The, the Jets game, which at the time was a surprising loss, third-string quarterback for um, Miami, Skyler Thompson, I believe is his name, and then you factor in the Minnesota game. So Miami is 8-3 and three with three losses that all could have been wins if they had Tua. I know it sounds crazy to say, But the Miami Dolphins, realistically, if Tua was healthy the whole season, could be 11-0. They probably beat the Bengals. The Bengals needed late magic to win that game. The Jets game, a third-string quarterback, still contest. And then Minnesota, that was a close game throughout, too, with a third-string quarterback. It sounds crazy, but Miami could be 11-0. The Bills... Obviously, had a chance to beat Miami uh, when Tua uh, returned to the game. But this Miami team is much better than what uh, people want to give them credit. Their deeper numbers, deeper analytics aren't super impressive when you factor in their defense. And they have had some very close games against questionable teams. But all they do is find a way to win with Tua. And that was even when Tua wasn't that good in recent years. So uh, yeah. it's something to monitor going forward. Well, with Thanksgiving game, and there's a lot to, to kind of finish breaking down here, Mike, but a um, lot of great prayer, uh, player props. Thanksgiving's always fun with friends and family and definitely a time to go out there. And if you see any good bets, we'd love you to take them. And we have a message from Greg here for you shortly. Hey guys, Cover One is excited to announce our new partnership with BetUS. BetUS has a live wager in on all major games, the best betting variety in the business, and an easy deposit and withdrawal process with the fastest payouts in the industry. Our loyal Cover One fans get a choice between two exclusive offers, either a 125% sign-up bonus on your first deposit up to $2,500, or a free $50 bet with no deposit required. Just use promo code COVER1 on the links provided in the show description below. Bet US, where the game begins. 
So uh, lots of lots of good, good player props. Love Thanksgiving for many, many reasons. It is a fun day of the year to be with friends and family and watch some football. So we appreciate our sponsorship with BetUS. So get out there, get some great bonuses there on your bets and have some fun while you're watching with family. But as we look ahead to this game, Mike, yes, I, I here's the thing. Can can I predict when the Bills are going to beat themselves? It's tough to do. You can't. Can, I, can I predict? Can I predict them playing the 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 Chiefs and losing? Sure. But can you predict them beating themselves? No. So unfortunately, I don't play in the game myself. I can only look at this from DDOA. If PFF, if I'd like to use it, SIS, if I'd like to use it, my own thoughts on what I've seen from film and what I've seen from other sources, who I think are going to play. Detroit's missing guard. That does not bode well against the Bills. I think you could re- even have no receivers and maybe have a chance against the Bills. I don't think your offensive line being bagged up is a good week to play the Bills. Their defensive pressure, they're going to get after it. This is the week to blitz. They have been blitzing more lately uh, to kind of make up for those, those defensive back uh, issues. The Bills need this game to go to 8-3 and three to tie the Dolphins. And with that being said you then go into the stretch that you need to have it in a good spot. Like, unfortunately, I know we've had some, some lapses here. I think that I sign on the dotted line when you tell me eight and three through 11, I don't anticipate the dolphins being eight and three, but preseason I sign on the dotted line at eight and three because there's too many variables. There's too many injuries that could happen. Like Josh Allen was like one millisecond away from being out multiple weeks. There's too many. There's too many things. Eight and three is not bad. It's just, you never anticipated the entire AFC East to be over 500 at this right. point. So it's, it's not disappointing that the Bills are 8-3. and three. It's disappointing that they're 8-3 and three after cruising through what we deemed the difficult part of the schedule while losing a pair of games that we thought they would most likely win. So the hindsight, how it played out, is factors a big role, and how they lost those games is a big factor as well. But yeah, in 3 you beat Detroit, you got three division games in front of you, it's all there. All their yeah, I, li- I like this point to counter your point. Yes, they know, did miss Tua. Um, <laughs> it took, you, you went through it earlier. It took a, a missed snap, a doubled missed spike. It took very, a lot, like half the players hurt. Diggs couldn't even catch his breath. So, yeah, I mean, they, and then the, they, they barely escaped the Ravens, which they were down big in. It goes I'm both fine. ways. You, yeah, you exactly. Can, just as they could be 11 and 0, 5 and 5 could have happened too. And, um, you are what your record is at the end of the day, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, that's that couldn't be truer than itself. Um, I mean, I, I like this point here by Kevin that I was reading that you shouldn't lose to any of these games on paper. Sure, will they get got? It's tough for me to say that they're going to win every single game, especially with the lapses that we can know that they, they're able to have. I'd like to see them win out, um, but you look at this game on paper, Jeff Akuda is a huge loss. He's a huge part of that defense. They have nobody. Uh, I know Tyler was doing his best to go through their corner room and, and, and a potential Kirby. Uh, he's a decent safety. Um, he's been okay. He's been picked on at times. He rebounded nice against the giants. They have nobody in the secondary and the bills are a pass heavy team. DVOA ranks him as one of the worst pass defenses in the league. The Browns were a little bit opposite where they don't really have a good run defense. So the bills kind of played off of that, especially in the snow. I do um, want to ask you this. So, obviously, first half, up until the two-minute drive, yeah, Bill's offense was, was not looking good. They, they were not moving the ball. Josh was off the mark. Second half, totally different story. So, not asking about the final 30 minutes. Um, are, were, were you concerned at all at that point about 
where the Bills were at if in the thought that they could possibly lose that game. And with Josh, do you think his injury is impacting him on those short intermediate throws? Or was that more the result of a struggling offense that was struggling to protect him and maybe him processing things to things happening too quickly, not being able to process uh, what yeah. was happening in front of him. I knew the bills would the way the game was playing out, even though they were playing bad. I tweeted this many times throughout the games after that fumble, I felt really good on the, the miss exchange. I thought that's all the bills needed to get going and it was right. Um, and then outside of that, I knew they have a chance to double dip really in most situations, the way the game was playing. So I needed to see like a failed double dip before I was nervous. So meaning punt at the end of the first half and then punt to start the game, uh, third quarter. Then I would, I will admit doubt would have crept in my mind. I needed to see them fail in both of those situations to really be like, all right, they're failing in most scenarios right now. This ain't good. Uh, but I will say that the bills were able to go up you know, 18 points, 19 points, excuse me, in this game. Um, and to be up in most situations without practice, with a stomach bug, switching venues, switching. the I mean, Josh Allen has said they switched game plans. And, and many people say, well, you can't have two game plans. It was very similar to that COVID Titans Chiefs, Chiefs of 2020, where you didn't know now different teams, obviously, but you didn't know what game plan you needed to use. Uh, based on completely polarizing uh, elements in a dome in turf greatest show on turf versus running, running, running snow. Can you even throw it? Can they even throw it? You could tell the bills game plan defensively didn't change. They were sell- sold out to stop the run. They didn't think there was any way they could lose if they stopped Chubb. Um, and there were some opportunities for, for Brissett to take advantage. And maybe the Browns were like, I think the Bills are going to try to stop the run here. They were envisioning, envisioning a snow day. This touchdown pass to Amari Cooper was phenomenal. I mean, these catches keep getting made. They're going to be dropped at some point, slash. And they did. Their, their tight ends dropped like every pass thrown to them. Um, and uh, the, the, the game score, game script could have been completely different in those situations. Um, but I can't give him that when Cooper's making circus catches. You don't get it both. You don't get to have all the catches. I'm sorry. You don't get to have all the circus catches and then be like, well, if he, the tight end wouldn't have dropped that one in the end zone that they got the field goal drop kick, that could have been a different game. Well, yeah, but you counter like you say, Mike. Yes, but you countered it with a ridiculous catch by Cooper, ridiculous catch by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like at some point, you don't get every single catch. I'm sorry, especially when in, in these scenarios. And give credit um, to the Bills defense. That QB sneak third quarter back to back, stopping one of the best QB uh, sneak quarterbacks in the league. That was when I finally felt this game is is it going to be out of reach? Yeah, it was out of reach at that point. And we talked about this last week, how good they are in those red. I talked just specifically about how good they are. Shaq Lawson, specifically DeMar Hamlin, how good they are at stopping these short yarded situations. Yes, they struggle themselves. We've seen it, um, but they're very good at stopping it. Uh, they, it's been multiple times now that they've been able to stop these goal to go situations in multiple back to back times, back to back games. They have something that they've seen that works. Um, I like the fact that they're getting off the ball and powering They're guessing snaps. You could see that the week prior where they jumped off sides because they're able to match this, uh, this intensity in these goal to go situations. Their defense has been really good in that situation. And I, and I give them a lot of, a lot of issues uh, with, because I don't think the secondary has been very good in my opinion. I, I don't, I think Jordan Poyer's made a couple of plays that, um, that, that 
changed the game last week, but I, and Hamlin's been good himself. The corners have well, not. Pro football been good. focus would agree with you. They have the Bills. The corners haven't been good. The coverage great at eleventh, uh, so um, that definitely is something to to monitor. And the beginning of the year, I don't think we uh, we were really concerned about it, and we kept saying, "Well, Trey's going to eventually come back." But now, um, when you're down, Kyir Elam, when you're down, Trey, and uh, you're forced to put a bunch of guys in that are backups. It eventually does come back to hurt you once in a while. But I, it is something I'm not long-term concerned about. Yeah, I mean, it looks like there's some Lions fans that are pretty confident. And, I mean, they got a lot of nerve um, mm-hmm. to be that confident. I mean, that's music don't to the get the, the sense, though, and I, I said this earlier, I don't think this Lions offense is world beaters or anything like that. Like I know they've been in shootouts, but I don't think the shootouts are because of great offense all the time. I, I think when you, some of these games they are playing from behind and they're playing a style where you have to, you got to be aggressive. Uh, the Philadelphia opener comes to mind. It was a three point game, but a lot of, a lot of yeah. touchdowns coming from behind quite a bit. Uh, the Seattle game, similar. When they played Dallas, when they played New England, back-to-back games, they had six combined points. And I know they've had injuries with their offense. But played Green Bay, is a 15-9 to win. Um, I, don't, I don't think their offense is elite by any means. DVOA 10th, that's, that's respectable. But the Browns were DVOA 6. I, I think you look at them as an offense that – yeah, they're probably going to score 20 points uh, this week. So in most games, they're probably going to score 17 to 20, 23 points. Are they going to score 30 this week? I doubt it. I, I think this Bills defense will be able to to manage Detroit, and the Bills are going to, I I would guess, score well enough points to, to win this one with, comfortably in the end. With a healthier Josh Allen, no sleeve, no brace. Um, you know, he's going to play on turf again in ideal conditions. Now it is a true road game, so he doesn't have to lose a home game. They can game plan what they wanted to game plan on the turf. Them being a poor pass. This, this is 30, a poor 31st in the league. Not like the Bills, the teams the Bills have lost to are good football teams. Eight and two Vikings, eight and three Dolphins, even the six and four Jets. Because you know what? If the Jets had a quarterback that didn't suck, the Jets would be one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL. So the Bills don't lose to bad teams outside of Jacksonville uh, last year. I said this last year that that was McDermott's only loss against a a poor opponent based on most metrics. So, um, you know, it it doesn't happen much. And people think it happens all the time. It doesn't. And I guess you could point to the Jets Jets this year if you think that they're bad. I, I, I don't they might end up bad. At the time, they had a good game plan, and maybe that's their Jags game of this year. But this this Jets team is better than that Jags team by tenfold. So I think that the Jets still have an opportunity to sneak in one of those wild card spots, and they're certainly a tick or two better than funny. the Lions. The, the only thing that is kind of funny is, do you want to know where Minnesota's DVOA has them right now? I mean, that wasn't good going into the Bills game. 24th. Started, it's been going down, yeah. That – 24th, they're eight and two with the eighth worst DVOA in the NFL. The the Detroit's 16th. So, I mean, if we are looking at that number, Detroit is worth um, 
giving a little respect well, to you, but Cleveland, God, Cleveland that, that, 15. That Bills Cle- loss to Minnesota, that's the one that burns me. Not even the, the Jets loss. I can accept the Jets loss. I can accept the the loss of Miami. There was injuries in play in the Jets and Miami. The, the Minnesota one is the one that is just intolerable to me based on the circumstances. And the circumstance itself, yeah. If you look at their rankings and the circumstance and the whole scenario, Detroit's actually 16th DVOA, Cleveland's 15th, Green Bay's 14th, the Jets are 13th, uh, Tennessee's 12th. They'll play New England 11th. They'll play Cincinnati 10th. Uh, the schedule's not easy. They got a pretty tough schedule this year. But what's hurting what's hurting across the board in Minnesota's variance, uh, meaning like their, their luck, in my opinion, uh, they're at the bottom of the league. So they, they, they've been getting pretty lucky uh, within their variance of, of, their, of their schedule. Um, so it's just a matter of if you believe in that team, their future schedule is pretty light in Minnesota. Their projected estimated wins are at four. They have eight. <laughs> um, the Bills projected wins, Mike, are at nine, and they have uh, seven. So the Bills have left two wins on the table. The Bills, they, based on DVOA, they should be uh, they should be nine and one right now. So um, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a interesting scenario. And what's interesting about DVOA is that. They have the Bills still as the number one team in the league, but have them as, like you mentioned earlier, with their Super Bowl odds. It doesn't match up. I guess they factor that they'll drop in DVOA because right now they're the, the Bills. The Bills are their best you know, team. So, sorry to interrupt. That is an interesting point. And I think a lot of that is because the Bills have a more difficult division than what Kansas City is facing. And I think that's also why the odds have narrowed in Vegas and, and other outlets like that because even though home field advantage isn't super significant it does play a role in the playoffs um the the one thing uh, i'm losing my train of thought i'm sorry here um yeah well it happens i guess kev you gotta save me i I had something and then i lost it so that's (laughs) well i mean i want to address i want to address this point about is detroit a poor team i think they are i'm sorry most of their metrics aren't great I think their offense is kind of. I mean, they're. It's what do you, you consider know, that? Define poor, like so. When you right. say 16, you gotta define I'd say, poor. I'd say they're average. So if you look at them as a four and six team, yeah, they're you think below average. I'm not gonna look at Detroit as a four and six team. I'll give them one more one more win. Call them a five and five team. Sure. Okay. My point that I was gonna get to uh, with everything is we always talk about how the Bills beat themselves. How do they stop that? How do you stop beating yourself? And, and my point being this, when it's a one game thing, you beat yourself one game. Okay. You say crap happens. It's okay. Like w- whatever. When it happens multiple times, you're like, yeah, this is kind of disappointing. Like we, we should be better. But then when it happens three times, you're like, why do we keep doing this? And maybe that's just a product of the bills are so good that even the best teams, in order them to lose, they're going to have to make mistakes. But I, I hate to always throw out the Kansas City argument, but Kansas City finds a way to win the games that it feels like they should lose. Like they they week, should yeah. lose. Like the, the Chargers game where they allow a touchdown with a minute and a half left, you have that confidence. Mahomes is going to go down the field. They're going to get a touchdown. Uh, Kansas City did against Tennessee where they're playing a back of quarterback, they should kill him. You're saying, oh, this is horrible. But they still find a way to win. The only time it doesn't feel like Kansas City wins those games is when they're playing the Bills, and it's a it's a shootout, and the Bills can match them uh, star for star. But when it comes to the playoffs, Kansas City has shown a way to win those games against Buffalo. So I guess my question is, how does Buffalo 
stop that. And it's a very broad general thing. There's no analytics. There's nothing that's going to, that you can really say to, to fix it. But how do you prevent fumbling a QB sneak at your goal line with the game on the line? How do you not, how do you convert that fourth and goal in Miami with the game on the line? How well, they got a one score win or a critical they- interception when it's second and 10, when you have two more downs afterwards to convert and set up a touchdown, the, the, the bills, the bills beat themselves narrative is something that there needs to be more explanation to it. Is it something where they're not, is it mental? Is it something that's with coaching? Because it shouldn't be happening this frequently. If it's just luck, luck, then they're the most unlucky team I've ever seen because it seems like they lose more of these game of the year freak games than almost any team I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, there is a luck element. Look at Chicago missing like multiple kicks in, in many games in a row. And th- there is a luck element to it that, that does, that does ding you in certain situations. So that's kind of how I look at it, Mike, um, that there's definitely frequently a... though. Like... Right. I, I, I think that there's a luck element to it. 13 seconds is lucky. It, it's, it, it just, it's, it just is. It's just, it's just you know an what, unlucky though, situation. Back, what's 13 seconds lucky. I mean, what the bills did in hindsight, we, we saw Kansas city do it against the bills before halftime this year with, right. I think 16 seconds. And now I look back at that 13 seconds very differently where I almost credit Kansas city more because they knew they had their timeout. The bills kicked it through the end zone for a touchback. And they had the belief that they could dump it off the hill run it quick enough, call a timeout. And I've seen Kansas City in other similar situations with 20, 22 seconds. And they almost every time get an opportunity to at least get a kickoff uh, for a field goal. So I'm not sure that is luck anymore. I, I think Kansas City is just that good where they're able to do it. Now, the, the interceptions, the fumbles and those situations, I think that's more luck. But if there was 14 seconds left, and Kansas City has the ball at their 30-yard line with two timeouts, and the Bills are in that same spot, I feel like Kansas City could could get a field goal. And they have a kicker that can make it from 65. So yeah. maybe it's not luck. Maybe maybe we have to stop saying that is entirely luck. Right. And I think the point here by Eric is – what if they make those plays like they dropped in an easy touchdown uh, that they've, that they've broken down before. So do the bills really beat themselves in these situations to where, I don't know, their defensive scheme allows them to, to put pressure on them to make plays. That's that's Ben, but don't break. Brissett didn't make the play. The tight end didn't make the play in the end zone. They didn't beat themselves by virtue of your, by your standards because they didn't lose the game, but they very much could have, if some of these other things go wrong. So, so Cleveland's now saying we beat ourselves um, because they fumbled. They didn't catch it in the end zone. I think you, right. I think you can say that in any game you lose, you could probably point to like that team, X, Y, Z team, even use even a team that's in the bottom of the league. Doesn't the Raiders, I don't know. They beat, they beat themselves in these games. So I think the matter is the other team schemes, a good fit. They do. I mean, Cleveland came out with a pretty good offensive game plan. They attacked the bills, cornerbacks. Uh, they, they, 
weren't running the ball particularly well. So they were like, you know, we're going to, we're going to chuck it. I appreciate that over what green Bay did, which was the bill stopped my pass. I'm just going to run it, even though I'm losing by multiple scores. And I guess hope the bills fumble. Luckily, I don't, I don't know. I don't exactly still know. Even Von Miller didn't know what the, what the, Packers, that was just bad strategy. What the Packers game plan was like, I do like, have a you one more it? thing. Yeah, go ahead. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You concerned about the third down defense at all on these third and longs? One week, like we said, it's nothing to, to bring up. Two weeks in a row now. Minnesota killed the Bills on third and longs, and then had that fourth and 18 conversion. Understand freak play by Justin Jefferson. No one else in the league probably makes that catch. But then even early on against Cleveland, yeah. uh, a bunch of big plays. Uh, in even the, the, the drop by the tight end in the end zone. Is this something the Bills should be concerned about, or is this just a one of those two week things where they're going to make adjustments and they'll yeah, they'll it's, it's and figure it out. It's probably one of those two week things. And if you look at five for thirteen on third and fourth down in general, not terrible. It just seems like their Bills are putting people in third and long, and they're going to convert some of them. You know, they 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 did, and the corners are struggling a little bit at this time. So they're going to convert some of those plays. And more importantly to me, three for 11 on third down for the bills on offense. That's, that's, that's poor. Um, So I think that you have to definitely take it with a grain of salt. Red zone's been an ongoing issue really since week three. So I think that that's a big issue for that's, me right That's now. definitely a concern. Uh, EPA's down. Uh, creativity's down. You have three players running into each other. You had no one biting off of Patrick Peterson in overtime. Talk about beating themselves. They didn't have a receiver pull off the corner that picked the ball off. So there's definitely in quarters coverage. So I definitely think that there's some issues that go beyond a simply unlucky. Like, I think that like you have to look at no, the EPA is down red zone, touchdown percentage is down and kicked a bunch of field goals last week. Sure. That worked. Um, definitely still scored over 30. So I'm, I think the red zone's an issue. I think that's an absolute that's quantifi- what would you quantifiable say? issue top concern on the team this year yeah i think it's the top besides concern. injuries which obviously are out Quanti- of your quantifiably control. with with accurate numbers i think you can point to the red zone based on many different standards or statistics whatever you want to use i think that the red zone isn't is an actual issue third and long we'll have to have a little bit more of a sample but th- th- it's always been a thing back even to the 13 seconds again. Like it's always been kind of a thing where they're in a prevent. And sometimes it just takes you of Dodson, you know, missing plays. They've been good with the third and longs historically be under phrase. So then you're answering the question. Then, then it's not an issue, right? 
So if, if historically they've been good, they're bad in a sample size at some point that regression, you know, comes to progression to the mean back to whatever you, you just said, they're good in that situation. So that progression will happen from where they're at now. So no, I don't think it's an issue. I think it's really bad to watch. I think just from a fan perspective, podcaster perspective, it sucks. Like you don't want to see that because it's really annoying. It's the Um, recency bias. And and sure. I think Eric just mentioned right here, same conversion percentages last year. So yeah, when, when something happens in a couple weeks in a row, you're gonna it's gonna stand out to you more, and and I get it. Three times a uh, three times a trend though. So if it happens back to back to back, then I think you have to you got to start looking at what you're doing. But still a little bit early on that, and hopefully it's something that does go away. I do have confidence that this is going to be uh, I, a build team with a comfortable victory this week. And once we get to these division games, especially now that these division games are going to be in Buffalo outside of the, the New England, the first one in New England, yeah, I think you're really going to start to see things ramp up uh, with this Bill squad um, and, and really kind of clamper down. I, I, I do think this Bills team is going to get into gear. This month has been a little frustrating, and I understand, but – Get to eight and three, and then take care of business in your first, uh, your next three division games. You can be sitting at eleven three, and it's going to be sitting pretty, pretty comfortable at that point. So, yeah, uh, this is the time to take it to that next level. Twenty six percent is, you know, feels annoying, but like, yes, we'd like that extra six percent is what we're feeling right now in this little gap here. That extra six percent maybe is what we're seeing um, of of that being frustrating for everybody. Uh, but you got to take it with a grain of salt. And just like the Bills have been pretty good lately on fourth and goal and third and goal and third and one and third and short, fourth and short, like that could go in the odds favor too, where they're going to start being good or letting the other team's going to convert those. It doesn't mean they're bad at it though. So I think you kind of just, maybe we'll stop some of those third and longs, but then you're going to let up those goal to go and, or those, those short yardage situations uh, in general at any point of the field. So I think that those start to even each other out in sample size, but it is an annoying trend right now. That 6% feels deep. It feels heavy right now. Like it, it really does feel like that 6% is killing the team. Uh, but look, you're not going to have Dodson on the team forever. I don't know what they're going to do with Dane Jackson or Christian Benford here shortly with Elam and Trey White. I mean, by all counts, Diggs has now said it. Leslie Frazier has now said it. I anticipate him being back 12-1 against the Patriots for these three games, four out of six games against the division. That's when I think they've that he's going to come back. I do think that they would have liked to see him against Minnesota was ideally their scenario. I do think that that was their schedule. But Minnesota out. They didn't lose that. Would have liked to see him there. They did go ahead and, and then win uh, following that. So – you know, how much did they really lose in this scenario? The, 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 the Browns game would have been nice for him to have been, been out there. Don't think he's going to come back this week. Anything's possible. You know, will AJ Klein play they this week? him out for the first Detroit game. You knew he was going to miss Thanksgiving. Yeah, most likely. But think, I mean, you never know. Like at some the, point. The, it's, it's the turf. It's the same, uh, same type of field that he tore his ACL on. I think waiting till New England is the move that makes sense. I think so as well, but at some point, like I guess, what if game two is on the turf? Like, but I've I've been wrong my entire time guessing on this, so I shouldn't even pretend to to know then, what I'm talking. About. Yeah, I mean, but then so. the Bills' turf is 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 better, but it's not great. Um, you know, so we'll see where it all lines up 
um, coming soon with where he schedules to be. AJ Klein is back. Does he play? And then, you know, Tremaine Edmonds is back probably 12-1. Trey White's probably back 12-1. Dude, that's uh, Gregor- the thing. Gregory Rousseau is probably back 12-1. If everybody's I mean, healthy, at some point, it's going to get – it's going to be fun again. Like, could you imagine this team being healthy going into the postseason because all the guys that were hurt got the rest, got the – the re- rehabilitation, and then suddenly they're out flying come January and February because it's not about playing in January. It's about playing your best football in February. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. I don't want to hear anybody talking about January this year. It's yeah. February football that matters. And, and, and it's an interesting point. Adrian Hill's crew, I read an article, was really bad in this game, not even on, not even biasly for the Bills. He was he was bad in favor of the Bills. Uh, he was, a, he was, he was, he was really Hamlin. bad. He wow. was really bad between the Hamlin call, the missed face mask. Uh, the, I mean, the, 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 he had a bad day, just period. The Bills still yeah, How do you go from the missed face mask to then calling critical penalties on the Bills? I, and I, I get it. You have to call what you see, and they'll say there is no uh, bias or makeup calls. But we all know that there is some of that human element in refereeing. And when you get two calls bad in a row, you miss one, and then you call a bad one, and the same team gets impacted on both of those, that's a double whammy. And those are the type of decisions that do make an impact on the outcome of games. Uh, luckily for the Bills, they, they were able they to missed, They missed a cut block earlier. Uh, and they, they, a really bad one that was literally a 15-yard penalty. Uh, they were poor. And they can affect games. I'm glad the Bills won and overcame it, but they were as bad as I've seen this year. That's, that's a bad officiating crew, period. Uh, and that's that's all I really say about that. Um, and, you know, we're expecting Trey to be back 12-1. That is the expectation. Um, Dig says he's ready to go. Frazier now says he's ready to go. That says 12-1 to me. It might say this week to me if it wasn't freaking Detroit. Um, but unfortunately, that's where the game is played. I'm not 110% that he's out Thursday, but I'm 85% that he's out. Um, I just some of these comments knew. have been interesting, though, Mike. How do you say that as Stefan Diggs? We talk about OBJ, and we'll end the show with OBJ in a second. But how do you say that as because Stephon they know Diggs? He's ready. They know he's ready. Okay. In my thought process is – But then is how good. does he not – then I, how do you justify him not playing? I do think there's probably a mental block going on. Right. Where he doesn't trust it 100%, meaning he hasn't been on – he hasn't played in the game in a year. And even if he is healthy – there's always that mental part where you don't want to be out there if you're not at your best. And right. you're fear, you're fearful that you could hurt the team if you're not. And I have to believe that there's a little bit of reservation in the back of Trey's mind that he doesn't want to, to hurt the team in any way. And also, I, I think it shows trust by the coaching staff and the guys that they do have in Dane Jackson and Kyer Elam and Christian Benford. And they were able to get by for a long time. So I think that enabled a patient approach. But as time has passed by, as Trey continues to occupy a roster spot, when he could have gone, I believe, on short-term IR, um, correct me if I'm wrong with that, fans are starting to get impatient. And I personally don't think fans' opinions should even matter in this. But the Bills' lack of really discussing it is – feeding the fire. Now, I don't expect the Bills to come out th- there and say, Trey just mentally isn't there right now. 
I don't if that's the case, like I don't expect more from the Bills than what they have given. It's just that they've been so generic with mm. the reasoning that it's making people think the worst. And that sometimes is when you start talking crazy conspiracies. I, I truly think it's probably a mental block, probably not a huge mental block, but enough of a mental block where he wants to be cautious with it and knows that he's not far away. Fans that are talking about, oh, he's made his money. He doesn't want to go out there. He doesn't want to put his body on the line. That's crap. Like, Trey Trey wants to be out there with his teammates. I, I think it's not far away. Um, he just wants to be 100% sure. And let's be real. All that matters is that Trey is out there when it matters the most. Right. And Stefan Diggs says, I anticipate him hopefully making uh, his return soon, end quote. He, he then said, quote, looks good, end quote. So um, to me, that's a matter of, I don't think you say those things if you're anticipating. He said this stuff about, uh, about, about um, he made that tweet about Allen playing. Diggs will give you some nuggets. He got himself traded uh, from the Vikings. So he but the- in a cryptic way, but that he- wasn't as cryptic. That was more. He- he'll yeah, give ready. you some nuggets. Um, I think that that is anticipating him playing 12-1 uh, for sure. And I don't think it's outlandish that maybe he's active and plays a few snaps to get himself ready uh, uh, against Detroit. Does he start and play all game? No. Could he could could he conceivably be active on game day? I don't I don't think that's out for sure. I think he could be up, he could be active, he could be in a reserve role, um, and he could be there for his team. I think that the Sean McDermott has said, like, and, and baseball players tell you this all the time, and specifically to their sport, you need a preseason. He didn't have one. Say he got hurt week one, that's even different. And then you're coming back week 10, week 11, week 12, week 13. You had an entire preseason to play uh and, and get up strength and conditioning game plan he didn't have any of that you were were saying that from the way beginning before we even knew how long he was truly going to be out that was actually obviously he was out way longer than we both anticipated but that was one of your reasons why before the season you actually thought it wouldn't be the worst idea to have him active just so he could have that practice and be out there um to get acclimated um and not be away from the team obviously knowing that he was going to be out Till December, in hindsight, they made the right decision by having him in the pup. But that practice time was way more critical than I think anybody would have been. He can't play on any of the lists either. If he was on IR, he can't. There's certain things you can't do. There's no way that it's worth the rosters. Yes, they lost Hodgins to the Giants, who's now their number one receiver, um, which is funny. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But you can't, you can't, you can't sit here and he's one of your premier players. He needs as many real reps in real situations, fully dressed, fully full practices. Now he's not even on the injury report. Um, the bills are saying that like when he's ramped up uh, both physically, maybe he feels the bills feel like, Hey, when, when Trey is at his pre peak endurance and prime, he has less of risk for injury. And there's, there is daunting statistics on a one year mark 
which happens to be Thursday, um, on post one year, the incident rate of reoccurring injury is super low. Um, and if the bills are as data and analytics and into hyperbolic chambers and every other rehab facility they have, they're building their stadium still next to the state of the art facility. They believe in some of those, that data point. And it's silly, but if there's something that points to after Thanksgiving, his risk of injury is minuscule compared to even three weeks earlier. It's not worth it. Yes. The bills did lose that Vikings game that stung. Um, but they rebounded fine against the Browns. They did what they needed to do hopefully against the lions. And then you have him here for the stretch run. I'd like to see him active. Ideally, I'd like to see him active to do my final step of this process, which is limited reps. I'd like to see that and get that out of the way before the division game. I don't want to do limited reps against new England, against the jets. Uh, and then, and then run out of time. I'd like to see the limited reps start now, but if there's really some data against this turf, fine. Then we got, then we absolutely need to get rid of this turf ASAP because like that, it's just completely unfair. Uh, to to uh, be losing games because of players' confidence levels. But, Mike, we've had a long show. We've had an action-packed edition, Thanksgiving edition. Really appreciate uh, Tyler uh, for coming on here um, as well from the uh, from the Lions podcast. We really we, appreciate it. You got to make those picks, Kev. We we are. Don't don't you don't you worry. I know Mike, you're getting antsy. You got Ohio on at halftime here. They're winning. You're very happy over there. Um, <laughs> you you weren't happy earlier on in the show. I know I could tell your mood was was uh, was not there, but uh but but Ohio has since uh, rebounded fine against uh, Bowling Green after going down early. Um, but why don't you start us off with the with the score predictions? I think I don't remember if it was on our show or on spaces where I nailed the bill score last week by one point. What do you got this weekend and bring it all, bring it all home for us. So I want to make a pick. And I also want to say a couple of quick things. Shout out to sports centers, Twitter account last week for shouting me out. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore bunt sports center made a graphic with one of my tweets, tweeted it out. They gave me a shout out. Pretty awesome. Um, and then they put it on Instagram, ended up getting over 340,000 likes. So appreciate the love from ESPN. Mm-hmm. Also want to give some love to the Fox Weather Channel. Not the Weather Channel, but Fox Weather for having me on the air today to discuss the recent Buffalo snowstorm. Uh, my wife and I uh, woke up early at 6 a.m. and then we were on uh, national TV at 7.30 this morning talking about the snow. We got over five and a half feet here in Lakeview. So that's been an adventure over uh, the last couple of days, but I know you guys don't give a crap about that. So we'll talk about the score prediction. I'm going to pick the bills 33 to 20. Ask me why I have 33, why I have 20. I don't know. They sound good. I'm not going to tell you three, four touchdowns and how they're going to get a two point conversion or whatever it's going to be. I think the bills win this one double digits. I feel pretty confident about it. Um, That second half was the best I've seen them play since the first half against Green Bay. Sometimes with this team, they just click. And when they're Mm -hmm. clicking, things come easy for them. And when they're not clicking, it just takes a little bit of soul searching to find it. I believe that the last three weeks, even when they had the 17-point lead against Minnesota, they they were a little bit lost, a little bit miffed why it wasn't coming easier to them. And for whatever reason, I, I believe it's all going to come together on Thanksgiving. Josh Allen is 2-0 and on Thanksgiving. He's a big-time, primetime quarterback, as Kevin always alludes to. It's going to come together. 13-point win, maybe even more. 
I could see the Bills rolling in this game. I see the OBJ comment. Kev, I know you want to comment, so I'll let you take over. All I'll say is I wish OBJ would come to Buffalo. I think it's going to be Dallas. I've been feeling Dallas for the last couple weeks. He's been – Von is making points about how OBJ wants to go somewhere where he's going to settle down for the next couple of years. As much as I love Buffalo, I understand what, what outsiders feel about this area. And the snow, the cold atmosphere, I think that scares him off more than the possibility of winning a Super Bowl attracts him here. And I think in Dallas, he feels like he has a chance to win it all with a good quarterback in a warm climate for a team that he grew up cheering for. I, yeah, I, I can Jerry do. Jones is going to give him what he wants. So I, 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 I think there's too much stacked up against the Bills. And you're hearing Vaughn change his tone a little bit from, oh, he's coming to Buffalo. He's coming to Buffalo too. I hope Va- I hope OBJ makes the best decision for himself. To me, that's trying to ease uh, the expectation a little bit. Three of the top, the Bills, I think, are still in the running toward the third. Jerry Jones, plus 200. Uh, the Bills, plus 350. And the Giants, plus 450. Everyone else starts to fall off. So I do think that I don't I don't see him going short season to the to the Giants who can't score and they've been losing lately. Giants are good. <laughs> like let's uh, he's not going to take a half a season. He would need to get a long term deal there, and if he wants that, I guess the Giants. You want to play with Daniel way. Jones for the last like three good years of your career? No, no way. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Uh, I don't see KC being in the running really either. The Chiefs are plus twelve hundred. That's interesting. They're they're actually behind a couple other teams. So it's they not, don't need them. The Chiefs are fine. Like when healthy, the Chiefs are fine. Yeah, I don't see the move. I really do think like he's going to go the the Giants and see what they have to say. I think the Bills have already talked him from the start. They've been interested in the front start. Can every team say that? I don't know. Uh, Jerry Jones has the seven million dollars in cap space. He has the need. Yeah, Dak Prescott reaching out. Um, they have the uh, you know he'd be filling in for Noah Brown. So there's definitely the uh, the positions there. Um, so I do think the Cowboys will be the likely team to take him. I couldn't see unless the Bills were like, nah, dude, you're coming here. Here's a bunch of money. Let's go multiple years. Let's give in um, let's give in multiple deals. Come back to me when Dallas makes their final offer and maybe Brandon Bean will take a look and say something at that point, like, okay, we can do something like that. Let's let's do this or that. Um, so I don't think they're completely out. I do have the Bills actually in second. I do think that they'll jump the Giants. Um, but I think the weather elements, the ultimate thing, unless the Dallas comes in with a weak offer and it's weak. Um, if Buffalo's in Florida, I think he comes to Buffalo. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, even North, even Carolina. Um, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't even need to be extreme like it's, that. I even think in Tennessee. Outsiders just don't view this as an attractive place. And, and I get it. Like we all love Buffalo because we're, we live here. I love Buffalo. Like I would, I chose to come back here because this is where my family is. This is where I grew up and I wouldn't go anywhere else if I had the choice, but for someone that has no ties to this area, it's a really hard sell uh, when all anybody ever talks about outside about Buffalo from other areas is snow, chicken wings, and obviously they joke about bigger people. They, they think we're all fat here in Buffalo, which I guess in my case, they're not far off. But uh, but it's it, Buffalo needs better PR. We need, we need more people pumping up Buffalo, not talking about the six feet of snow. We need people talking about uh, all the great things of this area. And, and uh, unfortunately, location hurts, hurts Buffalo in a lot of regards. 
we're 15 minutes away from the film room uh, here tonight. Uh, they'll be talking about the developing multiple strategies for winning. Uh, so we'll see what the film room crew, Eric, uh, Anthony, Kendall have to say themselves. Um, but yeah, the only, the only uh, benefit the bills have is could they come up tricky with some long-term deal? That's probably the only Trump card that they have. If Odell would like to come and be a part of this championship run. Um, but I think the second Dallas was good and we're, we're serious and they were able to overcome the DAC injury that really took a bite out of, of uh, the bills, number one seating of, of him, but there are number two bets. Uh, the odds, the odds makers talk to agents. They do something. They don't want to lose money. Um, so the bills are number two in the odds. It doesn't take much for being to say, let me take a quick peek Vaughn to say, let me, let me send this over to Brandon. Um, and I mean, that's how Vaughn's in Buffalo. They, I mean, that's, that's, it's not miracles crazy. Do happen sometimes. So <laughs> Christmas miracles, he does expect to pick here shortly. Um, but I got to imagine that if Dallas comes with a lucrative offer, Dallas won. Buffalo too. I think the giants have fallen down. I don't see really anyone else in that running at this stage um, to, uh, to be there for him. So we'll see where that ends up. My score prediction. I've, I've had this one in my head for a while now, 31, uh, 14 um, is what I'm feeling. I do think maybe you'll see a 14, seven game early on seven, seven game. Um, and we'll be like, here we go again. Um, but the bills have been playing better as the games. I, I was really encouraged by the way that they were able to adjust primetime, Josh, uh, he's just good in these situations. Just like you say about Mahomes, this is where Josh is good. Um, so that's what's encouraging to me that you can get him. You can get him at one o'clock on Sunday in Jacksonville, in New York, um, in, in certain situations, maybe a slow slog in Detroit against Cleveland scenarios like that. Uh, but you don't get a Thanksgiving in front of a national audience. He's not going to win MVP anymore, but will have the opportunity to show like, yes, I did have a bad stretch. I did hurt my elbow but I'm still number two. Um, and I think that, that that is important to him to, to make sure he finishes somewhere near the top of the MVP, uh, MVP voting uh, near Mahomes. So I think that is, that is pretty important to him. So from the going deep podcast, we appreciate everybody tuning in an hour and 45 minutes. Great stuff from Tyler on the top or earlier on the show. So make sure you check, check this back for anybody listening on Apple podcasts, Spotify, please leave five-star reviews, please smash the like button. It helps us a whole lot to deliver great content. Check out Mike's video on Tyler Bass, an exclusive partnership with TSE Buffalo on the uh, signings that we have there and hopefully future partnerships that we have uh, with them for um, signings and other autograph events. We were happy to give away plenty of tickets. People had a great time. A lot of people were sending me their pictures with Taryn Johnson and Tyler Bass. So we're, we're glad that people had a really a good time there and we're, we're anticipating future um, benefits there. So, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in the Going Deep podcast from Greg and myself and others uh, that were able to send multiple people to Detroit. We were happy to see. I think Greg got to like 500 tickets or something. Um, so that I was I don't know if it was that much, but good job on all of you guys for being able to help out and uh, yeah. send some people to these games. Yeah, I think that's what he said. I think it got up to close to that. So um, that was pretty cool. But the, the film room's coming up now, so stay tuned to how the Bills are going to attack and win uh, these games going forward. So Kevin Masseri, Mike Bunt, we really appreciate everybody tuning in to the Going Deep podcast. We'll catch you next week uh, for another pregame edition against the the uh, Patriots uh, for a 12-1 affair next Thursday. So we'll catch you uh, to, to preview that. And maybe we'll have my guy, Mark Schofield, a guy I really love. Um, I'm going to get signed up here to make sure he's on next Tuesday. An amazing Patriots guest. One of my absolute favorites, really good, really good Patriots reporter. Um, and one of, one of the best quarterback evaluators in the league always was high on Josh Allen. So make sure you turn into us and Mark Schofield next weekend here uh, next Tuesday at seven here on the going deep podcast, Kevin, Mike, we'll check you guys out. Thank you for sticking with us. Smash that like button and we'll catch you guys and have a great, 
great Thanksgiving. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep down Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is hauled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.